Welcome to our second Veganuary episode uh, with me, Holly Johnson, and my beautiful new co-host, MJ Williams. How are you doing, MJ? I am fabulous. Thanks, Holly. I've got a cup of tea and I've just eaten my um, little date chocolate peanut butter home sweet treats. So uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> How are you? Oh, <laughs> delicious. I saw on your reel earlier, you, you were out um, trying the new um, Bosch stuff from Costa, oh. which looks exciting. I haven't tried it yet. Do you know, I, I was so gutted about the sausage sandwich. Henry's actually calling me now. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> Shall I answer? <laughs> Um, Henry, you are live on the podcast. We we were just talking about your food in Costa. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like you knew. Yeah, that was really weird. So um, just for any listeners um, that <laughs> that missed that, uh, Henry Firth, MJ's fiance, off off of Bosch. Yeah, um, just called. Just to pick just me up from the train, uh, asking for a lift. For this, <laughs> it's not Sorry. all glamorous life, is it? No, commuting and all that. He'll hitchhike here. It's fine. Um, <laughs> oh, bless him. Well, anyway, so we thought we'd start off with some vegan news, and um, we used to do this for long-term listeners. Molly and I used to do um, just chat about the news. Everyone loves to know what's going on, don't they? Whether it's you know a new product launch or just like some new figures and research. Um, and then we're going to be talking about what we've been eating this week because, again, everyone loves to know what everyone else is eating. Because you always think, you know, is someone else like doing something really fancy and cool every night and I'm just eating this kind of boring, mm. same old spag ball or, yeah. you know, actually we're probably all the same. And then we're going to um, finish with debate of the week. The topic for this week is should you keep non-vegan gifts? Because um, I think a lot of us maybe had some, the odd non-vegan gift for Christmas. So... We're going to have a quick chat about that because I know, MJ, you've got a little story to tell and maybe like a poll for our listeners. So in the news, so Aldi have launched a vegan smoked salmon for Veganuary, which is two ninety nine. And um, are you much of a, a sort of fake meat fish eater, MJ? I think this is such an interesting topic and I, I really want to touch on this later or another time with you is the processed meat thing because it's obviously a huge attack on the vegan scene that all of our meat is, all of our vegan meat is heavily processed. Um, so I'm all up for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, I'm not a nutritionist, so obviously we can get really deep deep in, in this. But in terms of the fish thing, I've never really liked it. So, um, no. yeah, but I mean, it looks amazing, the Aldi one. What's it made of? I think there's quite a few ingredients in there. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I did read the ingredients. I can't remember what was in there now obviously like oils and and some yeah. weird stuff that you wouldn't necessarily recognize yeah. but um I mean I made my own over Christmas because I couldn't get hold of the squeaky bean smoked salmon I love squeaky um, beans. so I made my own from carrot uh yeah there's is amazing but I just you know like I said last week I'm trying to be whole food plant-based this month but it's so hard with all these like amazing new veganuary products and I yeah. wanted to get it so my daughter could try it it's really really good it's quite heavily smoked and sometimes I find it like when it's a little bit like that artificial smoky flavor like with some of the vegan bacons yeah. Um, but it is good. And I think for that price, it's definitely worth, you know, you could put it in your sushi or a bit of cream cheese mm. um, on a bagel. So, you know, it's just nice to have these different options, isn't it? There's so much that you could do with that as well. 
like you like you've said there's just like endless things to put it into they had so much in there I got completely overexcited they had borsan they had vegan brioche rolls silken and firm tofu so yeah I spent about 50 quid I mean (laughs) I mean you probably bought the whole shop for that it's Aldi I know I know and I could see everyone because it was literally a conveyor belt full of it was just all green like plant I think it's plant menu isn't it or yeah or something in Aldi so and I could just see the people in front of me and behind me kind of like eyeballing and I was like felt I should explain that this is not all I eat I have loads of fruit and vegetable at yeah. home vegetables at home yeah <laughs> you, you have this thing as well in a, in a supermarket when you're especially when you're at the conveyor belt that you're looking around like I hate to do it but I'm judging you <laughs> and like judging yeah. you with a carton of milk and they've got like all the burgers and chicken nuggets I'm just like Ugh. I know or like a big like thing of pork or something and you're thinking oh Mm. god really why (laughs) also when I get to the checkout and I'm talking to the probably quite an old lady bless her I'll be like did you know that this is vegan and like did you know that everything is vegan (laughs) yeah I know you can't help it you just can't help it can you yeah I just want to share with them they go and try it yeah exactly have you seen how many amazing things are in your store yes yes (laughs) Um, yeah so many amazing things Um, but let's get on to the healthier side of the news this week so Mm -hmm. a study by the vegan society has said that switching to a vegan diet could save the NHS 6.7 billion a year which is absolutely mind-blowing not necessarily that surprising I don't think to vegans but Mm -hmm. crazy stats I mean what did you think about this do you know, it's really interesting seeing actual stats there because you hear lots of things on documentaries and even um, I was in the greengrocers a few days ago and a lady was behind me and she was saying her and her husband have just turned vegan. He's got prostate cancer and um, it's incurable. And she said since he went vegan, the doctors are shocked at how it's slowed down everything. So you hear all these stories, wow. don't you? But like to actually see the stats that it can genuinely help is amazing yeah that's incredible god I'd love to overhear a story like that I'd be like Mm. I'm vegan too (laughs) like everyone from the street come in hear this story (laughs) I mean the um we talked briefly last week didn't we about you are what you eat a twin experiment which um has been all over social media everyone's kind of talking about it and that comes up with loads of studies and comparisons because what's so good about it is they're twins and you see that their you see their body fat decrease their muscle grow um is it like the fat in their blood as well decreases I know I haven't finished watching the whole thing I keep trying to get to the end of it but yeah I mean there's been there's been loads hasn't there in the news about it and um I think like even sort of um is it sexual enjoyment or sexual function or something was like one of those and and obviously for the guys I think I don't know if if this came up in that series but I know erectile dysfunction is um you know can be massively improved on a plant-based diet and I know that was in the game changers wasn't it It was something that came up there so yeah, so many benefits. Have you seen as well, they did a study, I think it was the first study on women to see how their sexual arousal changed with a vegan diet. Was that on You Are What You Eat? Yes. 
and there was a dramatic increase. I know. I think, is it to do with like your blood vessels, like the blood pumping around your body or something? I think so. Or is it to do yeah. with, um, I don't want to, I don't want to comment on this because I'll get a backlash of <laughs> this is a stupid fact. But I mean, I think whatever it is, it's uh, making a difference. We're just all out here, yeah. horny vegans having loads of great sex. <laughs> That's all the people us. need to know. <laughs> yeah, forget the rest. How long have we got? Half an hour. Quick <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> break. Well, yeah, loads, loads of um, good things happening. So um, let's move on to what we've been eating this week. In case you're feeling a little bit nosy. Um, what have you been? Eating, <laughs> let's start with you, MJ. Okay. Well. Uh, oh. <laughs> No, you. <laughs> Let's start with no, you. No, you. <laughs> Let's start with you because I've had some disasters. You oh. know, when you have those weeks where just every meal seems to, you're like, oh my God, I'm doing this amazing, like, I don't know why I have to speak in a pretend terrible American, <laughs> American accent, accent to say that, but you know, like, but you're like, you know, I'm going to be really experimental and it all just goes yeah. to shit. And, oh no. And the kids are like looking at you like, what is this? So yeah, you go first and then. <laughs> I'll tell you about mine. Okay, so I've got two things to bring to the table, literally. Um, one was the Juicy Marbles ribs. Have you tried Ooh, them? Not the ribs, no. So um, I've we did a fake away for Henry's family, a pork rice, and then the Juicy Marbles ribs. And we put some nice Chinese right. spice on them. I think it was even like a ready-made Chinese mix. And it was so good. Chef's kiss. Oh, lovely. No, I, I've tried the steaks. Mm. Um, and they're in Tesco's now, aren't they? They're yes. on offer at the moment. They've just launched in Tesco's. But I haven't tried the ribs. Where can you yeah. get those? Do you know? That's a very good point. I'm mean, almost thinking, was that like a secret thing that Bosch was sent? And I, I should have told you. Maybe. Yeah. Google to make sure it's uh, out. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, I don't know, actually. Pop it into Google. It's probably not that readily available, but something to look forward to. Yeah, they might be brand new, but that's fine. Mm. We can look it up and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, That sounds really good. So a proper like Chinese banquet, but vegan. Yes. And then the other thing I tried today, I supposed to be working but all I was thinking about was the sausage bat from Costa the Bosch and Costa collab (laughs) I couldn't stop thinking about it I love a sausage bat is it bap or cob is it cob bat well bap bap in I think for southern southerners I don't know is it a cob up north I I feel like I'm letting my Midlands team down it's a sausage cob yeah (laughs) sausage cob I've never heard that Okay, well, well, a sausage cob bap. Yeah. Anyway, I went there and they didn't have it. I know. I saw your reel. It made me laugh because I'm the same. Like you get something in your head, like a new product launch and you're just like, I want it. (laughs) And then you're hunting around everywhere for it. Yeah. I think Molly, my old co-host, used to call it the hunt. You know, it's like almost like the excitement of the hunt, you know, like... (laughs) Yeah, like, and you get so excited and you pull up, like, in your reel, you'd pulled up in the car and you're like, sausage bap. And then two minutes later, it's like, okay, they didn't have the sausage bap. That story was so embarrassing. I wish I didn't post it, but so many people saw me that I'm going in to get the sausage bap that I could just delete it. Anyway, but I did come out with 
Um, it's the caramelized biscuit, Rocky Road, Holly. Mm. It's just, it tastes like, you know, like a thick caramelized biscuit. It's that like really deep buttery flavor. Ooh, yum. It's just yeah. that running through the whole Rocky Road. It's honestly Lush. one of the best cakey things I've ever had. Someone sent me a picture actually. They'd seen the, so my local hospital, um, I spent quite a bit of time there during the summer because my uh, dad had a heart attack. Oh, so, <laughs> and in the, there's a Costa in the hospital mm. and they had literally nothing. I think maybe like a tea cake without butter and that was it. And someone sent me a photo earlier and they had all the Bosch stuff. So I was like, yay. Oh, that's so so good. that's really good. Mm. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I've been eating this week, well, yeah, some disastrous meals. I tried to do a, a tempeh. Um, well, it was going to be a bolognese, but then oh. it sort of turned into, I don't know. It was just, you know, like you're supposed to sort of crumble the tempeh, but it's too hard. Yeah. How do you crumble tempeh? Does it need to like come out of the fridge first? I don't get it. Was it tempeh like in a jar or in the packet? Because I feel like the jar ones in the packet, hard. like a block. Okay. Mm, tempeh's a funny one, isn't it? I, I'm not super comfortable yeah. with it. In fact, I gave it to Berry the other day. And she was like, so hard. <laughs> she didn't say that. She yeah. Like, but you could just see no. it was like thick. And it doesn't crumble the way tofu crumbles. <laughs> no, no. So in my head, it was going to be this like really sort of meaty. Because we've got, um, so my husband's doing Veganuary, even though he eats a lot of vegan food anyway. But we've got a foreign exchange student living with us. No. And she's very, um, she's German. She's very not vegan. So she's doing Veganuary. So I was like, I need to do some like, Meals that feel meaty, quite sort of basic, you know, nothing too like out there. Um, so I thought, you know, I'll try and recreate a bolognese. It was not good at all. Oh, no. Um, even I didn't enjoy it. Every <laughs> she hardly ate any of it, but pretended it was nice. Oh, it's like, oh god, a total disaster. Have they just stopped so being yeah, January now? Have you put them off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is it. I think sometimes, but you know, it's like with anything, isn't it? Even with meat and dairy or whatever, sometimes you experiment a bit and it goes wrong, but you just have to kind of like, you know, just carry on and, and you know, just, uh, you're learning, just, aren't just you? Kind of give, give it another go. Exactly. Yeah. You're learning all the time. Every day is a school day. Yeah. Um, what else have I done this week? Um, I did, oh, I've been using the air fryer loads, just chucking everything in there. Um, what did I do? What kind I, of oh, things? Jack, jack of potatoes. Nice. I did jack of potatoes in the air fryer with, um, my daughter wanted uh, tof coronation tofu. So, you know, like coronation Ooh. chicken with the like mango and nice. um, like we use like oat yogurt, some sultanas, some, um, what's it called? Sli slithered almonds, is it? I don't think it's, it's you know. Is it slithered? Slithered <laughs> almonds. Some yeah, maybe that's not right. You know, like maybe. the sliced almonds. Okay, I mean, it probably is right, but it just sounds weird. Who knows? Like a really long, skinny <laughs> almond. The tongue coming out. Yeah, but yeah, it was that was really nice. Um, yeah, with the tofu done in the air fry, but not too crispy. So I just sort of half did it with jack potato and salad and everything um and then I did try the we're a bit naughty because it was 60% off um at Papa John's oh, so like um 
Mm-hmm. Oh, oh God, there's not one really near us. So we have to like drive like 20 minutes to collect it, but it was worth it. They do, they've got a new vegan barbecue chicken pizza. Oh, and with 60% off, which, yes. And I think it's for the whole of this month, January 2024. Um, they've got 60% off. So it's like, instead of like 22 quid, it was like eight pounds something, which was much wow. more sensible. Mm. It was amazing. So mm. yeah, I was, that was really, really nice. Um, bit naughty, but yeah. you know, it's got to be done. It's research, it? Holly. So, uh, <laughs> no one's judging it here. Is. It's all research. It is, yeah. No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Every slide, another bit of research. Yeah. It was amazing. And then the next morning we were like, should we have some for breakfast? I was like, no, I'm whole food plant-based. I can't eat that stuff. <laughs> What's bread made of anyway? Seeds and corn, yeah. flour and, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Aww. Okay, well, let's move on to our debate of the week before we get to our interview mm. with Ella Mills, a.k.a. Deliciously Ella. Um, so should you keep non-vegan gifts? Now, I, I'm sure a lot of us had things for Christmas that might not have been vegan. I know I talked about last week about the non-judgy vegans group on Facebook and I, I saw people were chatting about it on there. Mm. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, you know, not everyone realizes they might, they, yeah. you know, I don't think people gift you things on purpose, but they're not necessarily thinking about things like wool or silk or cashmere or, yeah. I don't know, lanolin. honey and a beauty product, yeah. lanolin, exactly. Mm. Um, so tell us about what happened with your <laughs> chippy head then. So chippy is your dog, isn't he? She. But she's she. got, do you know what? She's got a very neutral name. And even my yes. best friends still say he. So I feel like we're just going to go, she's, she's gender neutral. He's their gen, gender, gender neutral. neutral. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. I, I wish okay. that they, they. I wish that they were here uh, because this is uncanny. <laughs> my brother, my brother is such a legend, and he he always thinks outside the box. He's always very thoughtful. Anyway, he bought one of. Are you ready for this? One of these little heads. It actually came in um, a frame. <laughs> I really wish, I mean, go to my Instagram because it, it's literally Chippy's face. Like even my friends come around and they're like, whoa, freaked out because it makes them jump. It's it is. literally Chippy. It is Chippy. And um, it's from Etsy. So it's like small, <laughs> supporting a small brand. And it's got a little hook on the back. I don't know how you feel about like heads on walls anyway. I find that a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. As a vegan, it's always a bit like, oh, it's it's not a real head, but it feels like yeah. it's an animal. Like, didn't, um, oh, who was it? Kylie Jenner of the, off of the Kardashians. Um, she got a lo- load of flack, didn't she, about having that big lion. It was fake, wasn't it? It, dress. Was, it was, ra- was it around her neck or something? She was, I think she was trying to make a statement that it can be fake, but it was like, you're still glamorizing a dead animal. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah even, exactly. You even see these in like kids' toy shops, like little animals on the walls. But I think when you're a vegan, you see it in a different way. And it, I don't think anyone means anything yeah. bad by it. But anyway, yeah, so it's it's made of wool. And um, right. So, I mean, I can't get rid of it because it's chippy. Do you want to do you want to put it to the listeners whether you should keep it or not? Or are you mm-hmm. definitely keeping it? Well, it's harder because it is 
my dog and I can't sell it <laughs> made already. so uh, but yeah I would love I would love to know what you guys think if you think it's something I should or even tell him maybe should I bring it up to him to say I really like it but please be aware in the future that I wouldn't no, I wouldn't really accept or wear or use wool I don't know yeah let us know what you think you don't want to sound ungrateful mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to sound ungrateful do you and be like you know in future don't get me this but I think you <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like you don't want them to keep buying you stuff. I've got yeah. I've got a quick story to tell. So I don't think I had anything for Christmas, but I've got a lovely elderly neighbor who lives opposite and she's very sort of um she's very sort of glamorous. I think she's like 80 something, but you'd never think she was and she's very glamorous and and lovely and well spoken and you know, sort of like really really sweet and she came over and she said Holly now I'm having (laughs) um, I'm having a yeah I'm having a get-together um at the end of November and you must come along and I was kind of like oh okay you know I'd love to Pauline that'd be really nice um she said so my friend is um she's done this amazing work in Nepal and basically told me this whole story about her friend who went to Nepal years and years ago and there's all these girls there who don't have have access to education and so this woman basically has raised all this money for these girls they've built a school they now have books they now can you know get be educated they're like up in the mountains so it's incredible work but to raise the money she's selling cashmere scarves from Nepal that's hard so I was like, she got to the end, she said, and it's beautiful cashmere scarves. And I'm kind of like, don't, don't, don't say you're vegan. Don't say you're vegan. You're going to really, you know, she's, she's either not going to get it or you're going to sound rude. So I just kind of like said, oh, wow, I'd love to, I'd love to. Mm. So it got round to the day and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? You know, I I don't want to not donate to this charity, but at the same time, it's kind of against my ethics and I don't, I, you know, it's, it's it's difficult isn't it with these these mm-hmm. situations so I I ended up buying um the cashmere scarf for 30 pounds and I think they're sold in all these sort of top places in you know like for about 90 pounds um but I just felt like I sort of had to do it but mm-hmm. then I've got this cashmere scarf at home every time I look at it I'm like I feel so guilty and I don't know what to do so I've actually managed to sell it on so I kind of felt a bit better about that that I've donated to the charity but I haven't had to keep the scarf but what would you have done the thing is with cashmere is it's like I just don't think a lot of people know actually what it's made of it's goats, isn't it? Goat hair. Is it goat hair? Yeah. Yeah, I think people have got no idea what cashmere is. No. Well, like it's like wool, though. People think, well, you know, what, what is wrong with that? Yeah. And until you look into it, then mm. you're not necessarily going to know, are you? So I think I saw a video once about Ugg boots. Whenever I write anything online about uh, why, why I don't wear wool, I get such a backlash because I'm from the countryside. I've got a lot of people I grew up with that work on farms and they're they're all like the sheep are treated right. really well and da, da, da. I'm like okay fine your your sheep are treated well but the amount of videos online with like the sheep being like thrown across 
and just oh like oh it's just horrible horrible yeah oh mm. dear anyway um yeah so please do comment on our um socials or email us yeah. uk. message us on instagram let us know what you think well, before we get to our main interview with Ella Mills from Deliciously Ella, we are having a quick chat with our sponsors at Suma. So much to pack into our Veganuary episodes. I'm joined by Lisa Morris from Suma. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Holly. How are you? You're um, looking shivering in the Suma warehouse. I am. I'm picking customer orders today in the warehouse. So Suma is, I, I just love this brand. It's one of the first brands that I discovered when I first went vegan about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Before we had all these supermarket options, you know, the Wicked Kitchen and all these different brands. Um, so I know a lot of sort of old school vegans will definitely be familiar with Suma. But for anyone who's not, perhaps, you know, we're in Veganuary now, we've got lots of people trying um to go vegan for the month what tell us about the history of the brand uh so uh we'll be 47 years old uh so we've been around a long time since the 70s and um, we're built on cooperative values so uh, we're an equal pay worker co-op we all get paid the same hourly rate here no matter what job we do so um uh, yeah it's so it's completely equal we don't have any hierarchy, so no bosses as such. Uh, we have coordinators and we do we do have a structure, but we don't have actual bosses. So it's a really fantastic place to work. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I think we're known for our free canteen. <laughs> we get a free wow. meal every day, free vegan meal every day. Wow. Okay, well, when can I apply to come and work there? That's the first question. Oh, <laughs> keep your eye on the website. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't realise it was that, you know, focused on equality. That's really unique, isn't it? Yeah, we're the uh, biggest equal pay worker co-op in, in Europe. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's quite liberating. So, you know, one day I might be, you know, doing a, a job in the office, which involves quite making quite big decisions. And then another day I might be han- helping out in the canteen washing up. So wow. it's quite liberating to know that, you know, you're just getting paid the same wage as whatever job you're doing. You you, you just um, we're just all considered, you know, or, or an equal day's work is an equal day's pay. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, in terms of the supply tech chain, you're sort of focused on sustainability and integrity, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. So um, I, I well, from our buyers, um, they, they've got quite strict buying guidelines. We are a completely vegetarian company, although um, 2022-23, of our sales were vegan. So oh, um, okay. it's becoming uh, more and more all the time. I think when I first joined... Um, the sales were out of the 7,000 products that we sell, uh, 4,000 were vegan. So, and now it's, you know, pretty much, um, you know, most of our products are vegan. That's brilliant. You've been vegan a long time, haven't you? Is it 30 years? 31 years come this January. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you've seen things change so much in that time. (laughs) So much. Yeah, yeah. Some things still remain the same because I suppose I'm quite an old school vegan. Um, But um, 
the choices when you go out and the choices, you know, that the word is more recognised. Uh, going to different countries is easier. Um, yeah, we're, it's just it's just much it's just much easier now uh, than what it was. You know, you, you yeah. had to learn to read ingredients in different languages, and and now yeah. you know there's usually just a V symbol on. What are some of your favourite Suma products? Because I I like the edamame hummus. And I really like the um, the pate that you do, the tubes of pate. They're so good just having the fridge just sort of as a snack on toast. Yeah. What are some of your favourites? Um, so I like uh, our convenience range because I do a lot of camping. Um, at home, I cook from scratch all the time. But if I'm on holiday and I'm camping, then it's just so easy to open the tin of ravioli or beans and sausages or the vegan macaroni cheese. I love our body care range, our alternative range. Uh, we've got such a big body care range now from cleansing bars to shaving bars, soap, shampoos, um, and all from in different sizes. So the um, zero waste shops can, can stock them as well. And you can take your empty bottle back. When I shop for Suma, I do go to my local health food store. Is that the main place that you would that people would find it we've got such a a a broad customer base from um health food shops whole food shops delis uh we do supply lots of um cafes who've very often got a little retail section as well we've got an amazing uh local to my my mum um a vegan garden center called uh, wild root and that we supply their cafe but also they've got some retail as well so they've got shelves so you can eat something and then buy the ingredients to make what you've just eaten oh, that's so and they're cool. so lovely in there um so green grocers we supply uh so it's really um across the board um our customers but you know our um you know main body of customers you know is still whole food and health food shops Tell us about some of your new products then. So we featured the, um, some in the uh, of January issue yes. of the magazine. These yeah. look really exciting. Yeah. So yes, the, the chicken soup. Tell yeah, us about that. Yeah, the right. pretend chicken soup. <laughs> That's great. And, you know, it's it's like a comfort food. It's something to have in the cupboard for, you know, um, it, it's great for children, obviously, as well, you know. But it, it's it's that's really lovely. And we veganized recently the... Um, mushroom ravioli because we've also got a vegetable ravioli which is vegan and um, we've just veganized the um, the the mushroom one Uh, we've got a really fantastic um, mushroom soup which is um, made creamy with coconut milk which is that's really nice and um, uh, well I've got to shout out for the pea and ham soup because it's that sort of weather isn't it the um, (laughs) pea soup with chunks of um, chunks of pretend ham in it so again it's a a comfort nostalgic type product from your childhood yeah this is it we all need those you know as much as us vegans love to cook from scratch you do need these you know products in your cupboard because let's face it none of us have the time to cook every single meal every single day from scratch and um, are all the ingredients organic or is it sort of Um, a certain percentage most of our soups are organic um and um 
there's a couple that aren't, um, but uh, we do focus on organic because that's part of our sustainability. Um, and the the raviolis are organic, organic as well. Um, so, but I would say um, in our product range, probably it's about 50-50, uh, but, but the focus is on organic because of, you know, for obvious sustainability reasons. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy that um no one else has sort of done vegan chicken soup i can't think of any other brands yeah, no i think we're first to market on that amazing yeah. but but things like um also i think we were first to market on the tinned black chickpeas as well um and um you know we've got a whole range of of ingredients um that that you know are not well are convenient because they're ready cooked like chickpeas and butter beans and cannellini beans mm. and we do a, a level um, up range from that where they're canned from fresh which I think is pretty unique as well so some of our best-selling mm. cans we do that are canned fresh um, and you know right through uh, to um, I must actually I must mention um, one of our new products uh, we've got three flavors of kombucha which um, oh, nice. is really, really nice and a good price. And, uh, you know, it's the, the, the fermented foods are quite uh, trendy at the moment. And so, um, the, yeah, the kombuchas are selling really, really well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I love kombucha. Mm. There's been so much evidence, sort of research coming out, hasn't there, about gut, the link between gut health and mental health yes. and just your whole sort of well-being. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's... Um, it's yeah like you say really popular yeah of course you got to look after your whole of your insides so what's the future of suma then what's kind of next you're just sort of carrying on well, going towards the vegan side of things we're bringing out new products all the time we've got a team a product development team and um they you know they're looking at products um all the time I would get in some um kimchi it's just such a lovely company and I think you sort of you know, as a vegan, you kind of want to always do your best, don't you? Whether it's by, you know, the animals or the planet or, or whatever people. else. And I think, mm -hmm. and people, of course. And I think when you buy from Suma, you do kind of get that feeling that you're sort of doing the right thing. And um, I think that's what I like most about it. And it's, yeah, it sounds like a great place to work. Yeah, too. I think, well, you know, I think when I look at Ethical Consumer magazine and, and how, how we're highly rated and highly regarded and trusted by our customers as well um that that we've done the homework so they um uh buy from us with 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 a, a guarantee that we you know we've done as much work as we can to make things as natural and as as uh, as down the line from their provenance as possible well, it's been so nice to chat to you, Lisa. For any new vegans this month, where would you direct them? There's recipes on your website, isn't there? Yeah, so yeah, we do recipes on the website. Um, so the, the website is, we've got two websites. We've got, um, so we've got the suma.coop website, which is which will be full of what we do and why we do it, how many trees we're planting and, you know, and uh, lots of interesting stuff about the co-op. And um but, you know, pop into your local health food shop. They are the people that know they've been doing it usually for mm. 
decades um ask for help um there's always good recipes online we're so pleased to be working with you guys at suma and it's been really nice to chat to you oh thanks very much well, stay tuned because next up is the amazing Ella Mills, founder of Deliciously Ella, sharing her journey and tips for easy, healthy eating. Hi, Ella. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How about you? Brilliant. Yeah, I'm really good. It's really exciting to have you on the show. So you started Deliciously Ella as a blog in 2012, didn't you? So were you a real foodie, like growing up? Yeah, I, I absolutely did. I'm And no, I wasn't. I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't particularly interested in food, in cooking. Um, if you'd made something delicious, I would be like absolutely thrilled to eat it. But it wasn't something that was like a big interest or passion of mine. Um, and it wasn't until I started the blog and started teaching myself how to cook that I suddenly realized I loved cooking, that it was such a nice creative outlet, that what I cooked made such a difference to the way that I felt. And it was the unlocking of, of that cycle that made me so excited to share what I was learning and, and my recipes. Um, but no, I so I think that's the thing that always surprises me is I ended up working in food because I definitely yeah, spent the first two decades or so of my life with like really no interest in it, interest in it whatsoever. Yeah, I, I was similar, actually. I was never sort of into food until I discovered kind of plant-based eating. So what was the catalyst then for, for you kind of starting the blog and really getting into your cooking? Yeah, absolutely. Which is what I always say, like, if I can do it, you can do it. We can all learn to cook, um, which I think is quite an empowering sense, actually, because I think it's often a big blocker for people with changing their habits is that nervousness that... Um, that they won't be good at cooking. So it's always nice to hear so many people come to it a little bit later in life. Um, but mine was actually um, quite unexpected. So it was back in 2011, so the year before I started Delicious Ciela, when I was a student at university. And I, um, out of nowhere, got very, very ill. And I spent that year in that hospital. I had a condition that really looked like the kind of more extreme end of um, long COVID is the easiest way to now summarize it for people, which is um, it was a dysfunctioning of my autonomic nervous system. So all these processes that should be happening automatically, um, like controlling my heart rate, for example, were malfunctioning. So I would stand up and within seconds, my heart rate would be 180, 190 um, beats per minute. And you feel like your head's been disconnected from your body, like it's a level of dizziness, and you can black out and lose your vision. Um, but then also, yeah, all sorts of chronic fatigue, I would sleep for kind of 16 to 18 hours a day, brain fog, pain, um, blood pressure pump, uh, uh, plummeting, chronic infections, I spent three and a half years on continuous antibiotics, you just go into hospital for antibiotic drips, like, basically just complete shutdown essentially um and I was having MRIs and endoscopies and colonoscopies and ultrasounds and swallowing cameras like I looked more pregnant then than I did when I was like seven seven and a half months pregnant with my daughter um and no it's a condition called postural tachycardia syndrome and then a few associated conditions and all of the medication at this point was repurposed from other conditions. So no one promised me that taking, I was taking about 20 to 25 different medications a day. Wow. No one said, oh, well, this will definitely work. But I just had gone into it assuming, like, it'd be kind of 
like having tonsillitis and you take antibiotics and you just get better and then that's fine. And I thought that would be what would happen and I would just get back to my life. And it was in 2012 that it really became clear that that wasn't the case. And sort of a year into it, I was still, you know, spending most of my day in bed, not really able to leave the house, not able, sorry, not able to do just like normal day-to-day things. I had couldn't see any friends, I couldn't do anything, there was no way I'd ever be able to have a job and kind of function as as a kind of, in the way that I had expected my life to, to pan out, I guess. And I hit an absolute rock bottom with my physical health, but very much at that point then with my mental health in, in really kind of recognizing that realization. I think I really hid my head in the sand for the first year mm. and just wanted it to be solved. And then when it was clear it wasn't gonna be, that's when it really dawned on me, the reality that I was in. Yeah, And when I reached the end of the road with all the different medication I was trying, I just had this like moment of just such extraordinary hopelessness. And it was from that that I realized like I'm not going to live like this. There must be something else I can do. And I went to Google and I just started looking up, you know, alternative medicine, natural healing and all these sorts of definitions. And I found people all over the world with all sorts of different conditions, some acute, some chronic, some much worse than me, some, you know, milder. Um, But there was this amazing thread of changing people's diet, their lifestyle, um, and having huge, really profound impacts on their health. Again, to varying degrees, but to the point where it had completely given them their life back. And I felt, well, look, if it's worked for these people, why wouldn't it work for me? Maybe it will work for me. And I think I also, I just felt I had nothing to lose at that point other than to try it. But I couldn't cook. And as we were saying a minute ago, like I just wasn't really interested in food. I very much assumed that healthy eating was rabbit food. You know, it was going to be really unappealing. It was going to feel like deprivation. It wasn't going to be something enjoyable. Um, and so I had all these like very negative preconceptions, I think, in my head and that it would be bland and flavorless and all the rest of it. Yeah. And so I went to go and find the recipes that I needed to go and start to make these changes. And I, I couldn't find anything. I found the kind of traditional um, approach, I guess, which is, you know, ultimately still quite ultra processed, where it's more about meat mimics and swapping a normal sausage for a veggie sausage which has its place, but ultimately what I was looking for was to take ultra processed food out my diet mm. and focus on natural whole food. So it really wasn't um, it wasn't what I wanted at that point. And then you had kind of interesting things coming out of the West Coast of America and it was quite novel, but it was very much like a sprouted dehydrated almond and the recipe was going to take 36 hours and like a whole host of niche ingredients to come together. Yeah. And I couldn't find these, you know, the term plant-based wasn't around. These like just simple everyday recipes where you took very easy to get hold of ingredients that are really good for us, you know, aubergines, lentils, chickpeas, carrots, etc., and turn them into something where you're marrying flavor and health. And I just couldn't find those resources anywhere. I never would have started writing my own recipes if I could because I wasn't interested in food. So I would have happily followed, um, followed along. But so um, so that's what prompted me to start writing Delicious Yella. It was to teach myself to cook these recipes and try and come up with a way of, of cooking that was really helpful to my health, but that also was satisfying. So, you know, I was looking at this in a very long-term approach. 
um, as a very long term approach. And so I wanted it to be something I was excited about doing day in, day out. Um, and the reason I did it as a blog versus just, you know, writing them down on a piece of paper was actually my godmother had been really ill when she was a similar age. And she said to me, the thing that really saved her was getting a hobby, you know, because I was spending so much time just like staring at the wall, basically. And I would just be refreshing Facebook and seeing what my friends were doing and not feeling part of it and watching just a lot of reality TV. And like, that's really fun for a few days. But after six months, you kind of just feel like there's just no sense of purpose of reason to be there, basically. And so it was trying to create something that focused my mind a bit that was realistic, given the limitations I was living with at that point. Um, and so that's why I decided to do it as a blog. Um, and that Delicious Yellow was born. And, and it's Delicious Yellow just because the aim was always to be about making the food delicious. I just knew it would never last more than a day or a week if that wasn't the case. Yeah. God, I mean, what a story. I've got so many questions after that. I mean, it sounds horrendous. You, So you were at uni when you were this poorly or had you, you, you were still studying? Yeah, it, was, it happened at the end of my second year. Right. Um, yeah. So did you manage to sort of go back and finish your degree or did you just kind of have... Yeah, I did. And I very nearly didn't. And actually it was my boyfriend at the time who was like, if you stop, you will never like... Yeah. And, you know, you never, ever, ever kind of come back. And, and I, I think I was, I'd lost everything else in my life. Like I didn't see anyone. I didn't want to talk about what was happening. I kind of just completely removed myself from the world. And there was, there were things I could keep doing realistically, like with a lot of extra help and the university were really understanding, gave me, you know, did my exams on my own and with loads and loads of extra time, I fell asleep in one of them. So I was struggling so much, like just, but I did, and I, you know, you have to, I probably am like prone to perfectionist tendencies and, you know, really letting go of like, you're not going to get a great mark. Yeah. Um, but passing and like not completely giving up on all aspects of life. I think actually I'm so, so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so I got to the end of uni and my health was, was starting to improve and, um, I was becoming so passionate about teaching people that plant-based food could be delicious. It could also be super easy. Um, and this community around Delicious Yellow was really growing. And people, so people started asking, well, can you teach me how to do it? Would you do cooking classes and workshops and supper clubs? Mm. So that's what I started doing when I left. And so I was kind of working part-time while my health got better and better, but it was, um, from the like the day I finished I dove really straight into building this out that's amazing that you you know well done for keeping going my sister um has ME and she's you know in the past had a lot of similar things where she's you know she's a very busy active person she's got children and she you know it's it's terrible for your mental health isn't it because you're so frustrated you want to be out doing things and you're just literally stuck in bed exactly you you saying that you know 2012 I mean that was that was only you know 11 12 years ago it's incredible how much the plant-based movement has changed in that time isn't it because obviously you know we've got we've got blogs we've got websites we've got youtubers we've got you know vegan influencers it's it's amazing that it's come on so much it's honestly I find it um I don't know when you um changed um your diet um but I find it 
really quite extraordinary mm. the speed at which things have changed um yeah as you said it wasn't that long ago it was in yeah spring 2012 and I remember even then this would have been early 2016 when we were kind of really starting Delicious Yellow Up and sitting with some of my now colleagues in the room and being like you know I think we should call it plant-based because it's all about encouraging I like the term plant-based because I like um, this it sounds pretty obvious but I like the word based in there is this idea like that you can be you can make it work for you base your diet in plants but if you don't want to do it 100% that's okay and, and I really want you know my message is like more plants for more people more of the time yeah you know I don't think it has to be all or nothing and so I said well I just think this makes sense like this is who we are as a brand it's very inclusive and it's non-judgmental and and it was like yeah, but plant-based. I mean, it sounds like you're going to eat your cacti. Never <laughs> <laughs> away in your house plants. You know, it's just like even and that was early 2016. You know, it's really not long ago yeah. at all. And again, like I remember when I first you know, would go to a restaurant, yeah, say 2014, and you'd be like would you be able to do anything like this? And they'd be like, yeah, maybe a green salad. Yeah. That's not dinner, actually. That's not dinner. Um, I really don't want that. Thank you so much. Um, And again, now, like every single high street chain, every coffee shop, this just change in culture and psyche is, it's really interesting. But we've also seen really interesting movements, again, from like the heyday of your meat mimics and, um, you know, extraordinary explosion of that particularly sort of, yeah, 2020 um, time to now where actually the movement very much and the growth really in this area is in plant-based and it's in natural and it's in swapping, you know, a steak for chickpeas and tofu. And again, for me, that's super, super exciting. I think everything has its place, but ultimately the thing that's so exciting for me about plant-based diet or a plant-rich diet where you're really focusing in on that even if you add other things into it is that it's so beneficial for our health and then it's obviously from an environmental and an ethical perspective so so powerful as well um and when you're focusing on celebrating your carrots and your chickpeas etc you get that amazing melting pot of everything which and and as i said i think the flavor can be so great and i think it's taken people a really long time to catch up um with that belief Mm. Yeah, I definitely think I've heard I have heard the term plant based 2.0 quite a lot recently. I was at the plant based World Expo in November um, of last year and uh, of 2023. And yeah, it was very much like, you know, let's okay, we can be eating mock meats, but they need to have health benefits. They need less ingredients. And like you say, it's just going it's sort of pulling everything back to that you know, what veganism used to be, which was whole food plant-based because there wasn't any of these products. Um, do you refer them refer to yourself as vegan at all or do you just always prefer plant-based? I like plant-based for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I'm just so conscious. Like I've seen it, for example, like with my family. So there's four children in my family, two parents. And when I changed my diet, they were all like, what you're gonna eat what Um, like what will you have for dinner you know they were so 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 confused and so this is 2012 then my mum bless her was like so supportive I think she was really with me in the trenches of how bad it was and so she was like I'm gonna do this with you 
I'll eat what you're going to eat oh, to so help you. Like it was so generous to not feel alone. And it was, she was so, so generous. And she was suddenly like, oh, wait a second. I feel really good. And she was like that classic example of like being like, oh, I'm a bit nervous about an avocado. Is it too much fat? And then started eating, you know, lots of nuts and avocados and all these yeah. sorts of ingredients. Like, wow, I feel amazing. And she'd also had lots of IBS. And again, those sorts of things going away. And she yeah. felt brilliant. So she starts doing it more and more. And then I think it was two years later, she gave up meat for Lent and was like, I've never felt better. Um, and is now like fully veggie. She's probably, you know, 90% plant-based. Um, and again, I've just like seen this filter down and she met her partner who was like, you're a what? A vegetarian? <laughs> and like never eaten vegetarian food. So for him, she would always cook um some fish or some meat on the side and then after a year or so he was like I don't need that this is so delicious I feel so well on it like so now again like at home they're fully veggie and I've just seen that transition like my brother and his wife at home they're fully plant-based they then eat whatever they want to eat when they're traveling or they're out and that's a, a way of reconciling all for them and yeah one of my sisters is pescatarian the other one's veggie and like even my dad who was so confused about what I was doing and my father-in-law who was literally like mind blown I mean he's 18 he was Aww. like who is this yeah I don't know what to do what does it mean vegan and plants <laughs> yeah. yeah he was like what, what what I don't know and he loves cooking and he's the most generous host in the world so he was like what will I feed her mm. and now he's always like no I'd love to come over for dinner I love your cooking like I love and again he would just never have eaten these sorts of foods in the past I think that's it's just a lot of my own personal experience and I've seen that with colleagues and other friends where when you let people come to things really gradually in an in a really open-minded way I find it's really powerful and I think that's what really attracts me to the phrase plant-based is I think it gives people the scope to make it work for them in their lives and ultimately you know, I, I feel so passionately whether or not it's about improving your health and changing your diet or, or anything else that like we, we take such short term views of things in, the, in a world that we live in today. And it's very much like quick fixes. I'm going to change everything today and that will completely change my life. And like for most people, that's rarely the case. And it's very much like what can I do for the very, very long term? And I think, you know, if you could make one percent um impact every single day over the course of a year you're going to fundamentally change the way you live your life but in really manageable incremental gradual um approach which probably gets you much closer to your goals and I think you know obviously in January that's the time that people are like I'm changing everything about my life today but we know the 14th of January by and large is the day that <laughs> something like 90% of people give up on their new resolutions. And I think it's like, it speaks so much to this extreme approach mm. um, as opposed to, right, I'm going to try and switch out this one meal. I'm going to try batch cooking on a Sunday. So I've got these healthy things in the fridge ready to go in my freezer. I'm going to try adding one extra plant to each meal. You know, these small changes yeah. that you feel are like super, super manageable and then as you get confident with that and you find the recipes you like and what makes you feel good, you can add more in. And as I said, like 365 days from today, you, the way you live your life and how you feel and your health and your diet, it could look completely 
different from today Mm. but you probably have got there in a way that you enjoyed and that felt really sustainable and I think that's the challenge isn't it at this time of year where it's like out with the old in with the new never drinking again (laughs) exactly but everyone's lives are so busy and changing your habits is incredibly difficult and I think we really underestimate that it is especially when you've you know perhaps got children or like you're safe you know you might be living with parents or housemates or whatever who aren't necessarily into what you're into and I think the term vegan can be scary I think people have preconceived ideas of it that oh oh god she's vegan she's going to be shoving this down my throat and telling me about you know slaughterhouses and things like that and it can all be very scary and and not sort of an attractive (laughs) way of life necessary whereas I think with plant-based it's just a bit softer and I think you know, that is the way the future kind of needs to go is is that it needs sort of millions or billions of people doing this imperfectly rather than, you know, a handful of vegans kind of going, it's all right. (laughs) We're not eating anything from animals. (laughs) That's the thing. And and I know sometimes, you know, I know people don't always agree with me and I, and I respect that very, very much, but equally, I, I passionately believe that if the world turn towards a like whole food focused flexitarian diet Mm. from an ethical environmental and health perspective we would be in an infinitely better place than if we wanted everybody to change everything about their life immediately because I just I just don't believe it's going to happen and um yeah so it's just all about for me it's just about encouraging and about showing people that there's a different way of approaching it and that it's really colorful and delicious and abundant and, and obviously makes you feel great yeah your new book, so your new book is out this month and it's called Healthy Made Simple, which at the end of the day, everyone wants delicious food, but they're, you like you said, we're all so busy, so much going on all of the time. And when you, you're sort of, you've got this huge list of ingredients in a cookbook or, or on a, you know, a recipe site, it's so off-putting. You just kind of feel overwhelmed. You're like, well, I haven't got that spice and what on earth is that ingredient? How can we do that? How did you approach it when you were creating these recipes? Yeah, and I think, look, if I'm being completely honest, when I started Delicious Yellow, I had a lot of time on my hands. You know, my life was just unrecognisable to what it is today. And every single year, like day since, everything has got busier and busier and busier. And I think my um I've got three a three-year-old and a four and a half year old and when my four four-year-old guy was born so that was um summer 2019 honestly I like really fell out of love with cooking I just had I just had no time like and there's always different it's not just kids that, that prompt that's all sorts of different changes in our lives but I just I had no time and i went back to work when she was four weeks old which was the hardest thing I've I've ever done and I just really, really struggled. I needed more energy than I've ever needed. I needed yeah. <laughs> like the effects of eating well, but I just couldn't find the motivation to do it. And it was really from, it was really pushing myself to kind of rediscover cooking and how to balance work and kids that was such a prompt. And I think it's it's been this real passion project for me of trying to balance out satisfaction and by that I mean like the textures the flavors like how genuinely satisfying a meal is because I just passionately believe if it's not satisfying that you won't keep doing it which means you won't have the impact um, that eating those sorts of foods can have on your well-being Um, but with ease so it's like where where's the breaking point basically like you can keep adding to your point like 
this herb, this spice, this condiment. And I'm not saying that when you get to 20 ingredients and an hour and a half, it's not really, really delicious. Yeah. It oftentimes is, but it's often only like 10 or 15% more delicious than the paired back version. And the paired back version is what actually fits into people's lives. And so that was really what I set about doing was, okay, what are the, what are the rules I can have that means I am super satisfied and excited about what I'm eating and I feel from a flavor texture perspective that I'm winning, but equally I can actually do it after I get my kids to bed on a Tuesday and I still have emails to do and like all the life admin that comes with life. Yeah. Um, And so, and that's really where it came about. So I was like, right, everything's going to have to be on the table in 30 minutes or under because it's just too late when I start making dinner. Otherwise it's yeah. like eight o'clock. And I just like, I don't want to eat dinner at Ready 10. Ready for bed. <laughs> exactly. I was like, we're not going to have more in te- more than 10 ingredients. And I don't include olive oil, salt and pepper in that. Cause they're like, those are your yeah. staples. Outside, and stock cubes, veggie stock cubes. Yeah. Um, but outside of those 10 ingredients. And again, it was like really focused. Um, we have a Sainsbury's local opposite the office. And I was like, if it's not in stock there, then it's not going in. Um, you have to be able to get it on your way home from work. And I was like, and it's not going to have more than five steps because again, it's that point. It's like, right, you could add this extra step where you fry this by itself or roast that by itself or blend that. But actually again, like, does it make so much difference that it's worth having two extra things to wash up? And I just found like most of the time the answer was no. Yeah. Now I tried going all the way down to five ingredients because that does sound quite appealing, but I just found from a nutrition perspective, it's really hard to create a balanced meal with lots of veg and fiber and protein and whole grains and healthy fats. I yeah. found that really difficult. I didn't think it really met the health requirements for me. And I found it skimmed a little bit on flavor. Whereas at 10, I was like, this is the ultimate marriage where it's genuinely super, super delicious, but I can manage it um, on a Monday. Um, and so that's that's basically how I live my life and how I got back into like really cooking every single night again. And I, yeah, I think if I'm like completely honest, I haven't felt the same level of excitement to share something than I have since the first book came out, because I just feel like, so many of us want to change our habits. So many of us want to eat more healthily. We want to look after our gut health. We want to eat more vegetables. We know it's really good for us, but we just really struggle to do it because life is so busy and everyone has so many responsibilities. And I feel like this is a really genuine tool to allow people to do that in a feasible way. Yeah. You're, yeah. I mean, you're right. We, we all get stuck in a rut, don't we? And it's so hard to make a change, you know, it's so hard to make a change and I think people should be so compassionate to themselves on that because it's you know and apparently we all have seven recipes right there's data to show that like the average person (laughs) makes the same seven things on repeat and you probably you know say it's a stir fry you'll like vary up depending you know what you've got in your fridge or your freezer but essentially it's the same and again it's like you've your your brain is full you've got your like full work to-do list your life to-do list and you've had a busy day and you get to the end of the day and you're like I can't be bothered and I think what it has been and I found this when I was started doing this and and testing all the recipes I was like god this isn't that much more difficult than making toast yeah like you know I'm 20 minutes later I've got one pan that I can put in the dishwasher like this hasn't been difficult yeah and yet like god I feel so much better and I feel a lot more satisfied than if I eat toast yeah um 
and you know we all do that right like no one no one is perfect and but I think it's just it's that reminder that I think cooking doesn't have to be really really hard there is this middle ground between like absolute simplicity in the form of toast and complicated cooking yeah definitely and I think as well one thing I love about cookbooks because I know you know you can get recipes anywhere now can't you You can go on to Instagram you can go on TikTok you know there's so many free in inverted commas ways to get recipes but what I love about a physical cookbook is I just if you do have a little bit of breathing space you know perhaps after for me you know after I've done the school run and I'll maybe just do a little bit more work and then I'll just sit down or at weekend you know doing your meal planning and you've just got the physical cookbook to sort of flick through it's just like a lovely sort of tactile thing to have so um I will link to the cookbook in um, our show notes and encourage all our listeners to go and buy it. Um, I've seen a copy and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, nice coffee table kind of book as well, isn't it? To have, sort of have on show in your kitchen. So thank you so much, Ella. I know you've got to rush off now. You're such a busy lady, um, but thank you so much for making the time for us. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, that brings us to the end of the show this week. Thank you so much for listening to our Bumper Veganuary podcast episodes. Uh, please do follow us on socials at Simply Vegan Podcast and at Vegan Food and Living. You can also try an issue of Vegan Food and Living magazine for just 99p when you visit veganfoodliving.com forward slash podcast. And don't forget to tune in next week when I'm joined by best-selling author and all-round amazing vegan advocate, Dr. Michael Greger.